0: Space was man's last frontier. Will it be his final battleground? Today on Dumpster Book Club, we're talking about Kill Ratio by Janet Morris and David Drake. I'm Sean. And I'm Mimi. <laughs> well, let's try that again.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I'm Nick. That's right. Today we're joined by Nick, expert.
1: Whoa!
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know what else you could be an expert on. Uh, That's, uh, well.
2: He's got the highest kill ratio.
0: (laughs) That's a good one. And this book is sloppy. (laughs) But the bad kind of sloppy, not the good kind of sloppy. Should look at that. Wow, is that the
3: the PDF one? Yeah,
2: uh, it didn't look as good on the Kindle.
3: This looks really bad. Okay, so I read half the book with that was justified and hyphenated (laughs) before realizing that I could change the layout of so, like, the fit eelings were, (laughs) you know, like, uh, and so that was really distracting for the first two thirds of the book.
2: Um, all right, well, do you want to talk about the cover? Yes, I do.
0: I think this is a pretty great cover. <laughs> it has <laughs> the title in orange and the authors in red are like very eye catching and
2: you uh, take up half the cover
0: yeah, and it's a good it's a good title <gasps> kill ratio that sounds exciting uh <laughs> but then, but then you see the rest of it. It's pretty funny,
2: so there's basically Tom Cruise. Crouching over,
3: That's who it is?
2: Uh, crouching over a man in a spacesuit.
0: This must be a. There must be a reference photo of Tom Cruise because these are Tom Cruise clothes. Yeah, also. he's got a turtleneck,
2: <laughs> and like brown suspenders over his turtleneck. Yeah. And if you look at the, this dead man in a spacesuit, real close, he's making a pretty great face. I can't tell.
3: You can't look at it. Like, pick it up. <laughs> Put it up in your eyes.
0: <laughs> I don't know. It's, I can't tell. Just look it up.
2: Right. Fine. <laughs> I guess the other reason we picked up this book is that it's by Janet Morris and David Drake, best-selling author of Hammer Slammers. Have
0: you guys read that? We, I think we have the first one of the Hammer Slammers series, mm. but it's a little bit long, so we haven't.
2: But it's in our pile to get through.
0: The first one is called The Tank Lords, by the way, mm. which is it sounds great because I imagine kings on thrones on top of tanks driving
3: around in imagining, a castle. I'm imagining, like, like Warhammer 40,000. Like, mm. like imagine, that's just everything, and Warhammer 40,000 is that. I guess also, like,
0: tanks wearing royal, like, <laughs> crowns. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Capes and stuff. We're gonna be really disappointed yeah. when we finally get to hammer slammers. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I spat a little bit of tea all over your floor.
0: <laughs> but David Drake writes a ton
3: of cheesy military sci-fi, right? So yes. I have the I have the ebook, and I was I went to. Half-price books to see if I could find a copy of Kill Ratio, but I found the David Drake section. And it was huge. Like <laughs> that, in in sci-fi and fantasy, there were like I don't know, there was something like twenty books.
2: Yeah, so I did do a little digging into David Drake and the man <laughs> from from this book. Could you have guessed that he was a Vietnam vet? <laughs> 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 so he's um, most famous for his hammer slammer series because that's one that he wrote on his own <laughs> but almost all of his other books he co-authored some of his other series like car warriors
0: Ooh, wow. that sounds great also uh
2: he's also co-authored other works with janet morris like heroes in hell and arc riders but apparently he general lee is the one writing the outline he'll do like a five to fifteen thousand word outline and then he says the co-author does the real work of developing it into a novel so he's
0: more of an idea guy (laughs)
2: yeah (laughs) and he he i guess he doesn't consider his involvement to be that of a real co-author
0: huh he's humble
2: (laughs) oh On his his website, he's got a pretty funny intro. Dear people.
1: <laughs> Good start.
2: I hope this website will provide a little background to readers who want to know something about me. I'm not trying to sell you books. I figure if you're here, you're probably interested in my work. If you're not, hookstering won't change it. And it sure isn't something
3: I'm comfortable <laughs> <No>. doing. <laughs> Come oh in
2: gosh. and have a look. <laughs> and he's, he's still updating he had um a christmas card for the 2018 holiday season it has a a beautiful longhorn.
0: well it does sort of humanize him and i want to forgive him for this book <laughs> but the ideas are bad <laughs> the outline must have been terrible
2: like <laughs> uh, well yeah According to him, if you're looking for someone to blame, blame Janet
1: Morris.
2: (laughs) A weird coincidence with Janet Morris. Last month, we just read Winter World, and she wrote a glowing review on the back.
0: Wow. Of Winter World.
2: Of Winter World, yeah. Hmm. She was a fan of CJ Mills. Her Wikipedia has a section titled Horsewoman. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, she was a lifelong horsewoman, and... Hmm. Um, I think she's also written a ton of stuff, sci-fi and fantasy, lots of stuff about wizards. Well,
3: according to David Drake, she wrote this book, so. <laughs> I always thought these authors of
0: bargain bin sci-fi that had a ton of books, like Piers Anthony and some of those guys,
1: uh-huh. I
0: don't imagine they're real people. <laughs> I imagine they're they're like a brand that a few different authors write under.
1: Like one gets picked up, and then they
0: keep writing, so I'm always confused by the the group ones. Is it like two brands colliding, trying to get more people? I guess they are all real people, but it just sometimes I can't believe <laughs> could one person do all this <laughs> like so- some of them it's like if the out al- if the algorithm existed in the seventies, it feels like YouTube wrote them, or something, oh yeah. <laughs>
2: Janet Morris um, stopped writing because, or slowed down a lot, because she actually founded a company that she was CEO and president of called M2 Technologies. And I've been trying to figure out what exactly they did by browsing the way back machine archives of their website. But it seems like... They specialized in non-lethal weapons for the U.S. military. Wow. Um, Focus areas like tactical mobility protection, sensor technology, and stuff like counter personnel, crowd control, incapacitating individuals for Operation Iraqi Freedom. So Janet Morris might be a little bad.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean... You can kind of tell that from <laughs> her work.
2: All right. Well. Okay,
3: so this book
0: stars with a capital S. <laughs> Sam Yates. Who, in the description, does not look anything like this. No. I mean, imagine it just like a, a triangle of a man moving back and forth, just bulging with <laughs> muscles. All the descriptions of him, he seems too big.
2: I didn't picture him as so muscular. i I just thought everyone else was really weak,
0: yeah, so he's recently come to the moon from Earth, and he still has his earth muscles. Well, everyone else has moon muscles. So they're not as strong and fast as he is. But he would have been strong and fast on Earth.
3: Oh, yeah. He was a soldier. <laughs> Don't forget. He Wait. was a soldier, or is a soldier. The former soldier. I mean,
0: he will remind you at every opportunity of his past service in Nicaragua.
2: We hear a lot about South and Central America.
3: Man, It's and it seems like he did very bad things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it seems like this is a collection of war criminals. Yes. Trying <laughs> to stop other war criminals.
2: Yes.
3: He's also a bad person in other ways. <laughs> He's, like, not only a war criminal, but sexist, racist. Yeah. Well, so
0: our introduction to Sam Yates, the first pages of the book. First, he's complaining about his wife back on Earth, and he had some sort of conversation with her on the phone. And then he, he goes about um racially profiling and judging the bust of every person in the restaurant with him. So he looks ahead, okay, this guy's from here, and then looks to the left, okay, that guy's from there. And okay, there's a woman, she's from here, and her chest is about this, you know, I have some experience, so
2: And he also, like, we're pretty much from his perspective, it's like close third person. But he still has to justify this. It's not a crime to look. He also complains to himself about the ladies who aren't smiling enough. He's one of those guys.
0: Right. It's, I thought it was also funny, though, because his job is an entry division security officer, so he's like a glorified TSA agent. Yeah. Who's the, who's the most efficient, best racial profiler.
3: <laughs> oh, wow. I guess maybe that's why they hired him. <laughs> he's
0: so good. Um, but he also specifically says to himself um, that he catalogs women. Oh, yeah. So he sees a woman and he says, I'll keep that in my mental notebook.
1: Uh, yeah, little boob he's
3: a deck. yeah he's a he's a total horn dog too <laughs> in every way he's like just always horny and like uh, just a just a terrible person
1: um
0: so this book the chapters alternate from different characters perspectives until the book gets too complicated and then the author just kind of sticks with Sam Yates as our... So he's the most of a main character. But I think at first, at least, it seemed that Ella Bradley is the character we're supposed to identify with it. Yes. At first, she's the most reasonable character, but she also has some experience in wars. She was involved in some war crimes of some <laughs> kind in Africa. Yeah,
3: I think she was like Peace Corps... That's the the kind of thing where it's like, yeah, she was there, but she wasn't really committing the war crimes. Just kind of there for them.
0: (laughs) Other notable aspects are her boobs.
3: Oh, yeah. Great (laughs) boobs.
2: Also her nipples. Yeah,
0: specifically her nipples are mentioned way more times than necessary. Also
2: her areolas. (laughs) Yes. (laughs)
3: And, yeah, this is uh, Janet Morris, just really into Ella Bradley. I wonder if David Drake wrote that chapter. What? I feel like Ella
0: Bradley was a self-insert character of Janet Morris until oh. it got too confusing. Hmm. That could be. Where she's got the best boobs. Oh,
3: she does, The though. best nips. <laughs> she does, though. Oh, my God.
0: She is very confusing because the first half of the book... She seemed one character where she was very identifiable and trying to solve the problem. And then it sort of switched where she was some sort of shady bureaucrat with all these special rich friends and was very distant from the other main characters. It just seemed like a big switch where something should have happened on screen or we were supposed to learn something or supposed to be a big reveal. I don't know. I The two Ellas in the first half and second half of the book didn't seem the same to me
2: i think part of the problem was just that the characters i think we're supposed to not know who they could trust but it's frustrating because we're getting both their perspectives of them not trusting each other we're also getting the perspective of the bad guys so there's no so real we, mystery
0: Yeah, we actually know what the problem is
3: um, that was a a problem i noticed a few times in this where it's like it's told mostly from the point of view of a character but then the narrator comes in and is just omniscient or uh, and just knows everything and tells you about everything and there's a couple times where the like the the point of view switches mid chapter uh and that was really confusing like i was like wait how does she know all this <laughs> And she she doesn't. She's Definitely
0: just, some of the characters are reading the previous chapters of right. the book. Because <laughs> yeah. they know things they don't, should not know.
2: Yeah. Yep. Especially Sonia Yesilkov.
0: Is that how her last name?
3: Yesilkov.
2: <laughs> okay.
3: I was saying Yeskolov. It, it's fine. It doesn't matter.
2: She's Sam Yates' lieutenant.
3: And or is she in a different, like, uh section. She's a different kind of space cop. She's
0: a cop and he's just security.
2: Oh, okay.
1: So
0: I think she's like a like a military cop, like a for the UN, and he's just security for the moon. They bond over war crimes too. Uh
2: so her accent is supposed to be Russian. Oh my god. It's it's written out
0: Sometimes, not
3: consistently. Yes. (laughs) Well
2: reading it like she had almost a southern accent. Yes. And all of her like uh little phrases that she says sounded very southern also. Where she's like, I don't know, about you honey and come on, fella. <laughs> like
0: not comrade.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh I feel like her accent was all over the place.
3: Yeah, I mean, well,
2: sometimes it seemed Scottish.
3: When it was written. Because it wasn't always written. Sometimes it was just like she was talking and it wasn't, there were no, none of the accent stuff was written Mm -hmm. out.
0: So this whole adventure takes place on the United Nations moon base. Or most of it takes place on the United Nations moon base. Which uh, the United Nations has deemed it more efficient to have all of their workings on the moon. Separate from the Earth. Is that why? (laughs) I don't know. It seems like... This is a universe with intersolar travel. Is that a word? Where you can travel
3: right. around in the solar system, just within this solar system. Yeah,
0: yeah I, I think we. Yeah, I think that's correct. Because you can travel to the moon in a couple hours, and then there's another place called Sky Devon, which is a it's a space, space station. Space station. So maybe they can only get to the moon. I don't know.
1: Uh,
2: yeah. I don't remember them talking about any other planets or anything like that. It's maybe then maybe why? These-
0: why are they not on Earth?
2: They're like mining out there. Oh, for... There were all those guys working in the, in the moon mines.
0: Okay. But Skydevin is confusing because it's a space base, space station, for growing pigs.
3: Yes. <laughs> it's just a giant space station full of pig farms.
2: Uh, yeah. And it smells real bad. But
3: only sometimes, in some places.
2: Um, Yeah. Uh, Well, I mean, they had to grow all the pigs to, like, feed all the moon miners.
0: (laughs) They're just all eating bacon (laughs) and pork. (laughs) The only other thing is they don't really ever refer to Earth as Earth. It's called downside, which was confusing at first because I thought there was, like, a downtown on the moon (laughs) or something. Yeah. There are a couple little made-up words, but most of them aren't particularly
3: difficult.
2: Then we have the bad guys. So first there's rodney beaton
3: he's like chapter two right
2: yeah he right off the bat he gets his own chapter and then dies immediately
0: yeah i don't think starting i don't think having chapter two be from the bad guy's perspective was a good move i feel like we should have had some more suspense
2: yeah
3: yeah well, you don't really find out their plan that much. No, well, I mean, you do you do later on, but not, not in chapter two. You just find out that there's some kind of... He was, like, there to monitor them or something. Yeah. Like... I
0: just think it was too much information. Y- yes. When
3: the rest of the characters for
0: a lot longer will be, is this what it is or not? Right. Um, but... He, yeah, he's just a sort of scientist observer to see the effects of the terrorist act. And then there is Kathleen Spencer, who is the head of the science lab which are which is developing the virus that they're releasing on the moon. And she has no character other than she is too stiff for everyone and she has a horse face. Stuck up. Yeah, a stuck up horse.
2: No one likes her.
0: <laughs> yeah, no one and the other point which is a very key plot point is she has a virus in a vial around her neck so that if anyone kills her <laughs> the thing will hopefully break when she falls
3: over and then kill them with the virus
2: she's, I, she's booby trapped i don't
3: re- <laughs> i don't remember i don't remember that being obvious at first I mean, uh, she definitely touches the necklace a lot she her hand flies to her necklace, yep. constantly, yeah, well, there's some
0: really great expository dialogue where another character is like, if you you better be careful with that thing around your necklace that if it breaks, it will release a virus that will kill both of us, <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh right, and that happens uh, a few
0: times
2: uh, then there's um de Kuiper. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, de Kuiper. <laughs> he has a first name, but I could not for the life if of he me gets
2: remember. I think it's
0: Jan. Okay. Uh, he also committed some war crimes, but he's a bad guy. His war crimes were worse, and he is the right hand man of the sort of main villain, Carol Pretorius, who's just evil bad guy.
3: Yeah, like cartoon supervillain. Oh yes.
2: Yeah. But even
0: he's not the head bad guy.
2: <laughs> um, so they're all like Dutch South Africans mm-hmm.
3: Afrikaners or however, yeah. yeah, like that's a word the, yeah. he didn't make it up david Drake yeah. didn't didn't invent <laughs> that word
2: um oh and and then most of the uh the evil dirty work is carried out by another group of Dutch South Africans. Pete Van Zell, and the Bumblers.
0: (laughs) When does it refer to them as the Bumblers?
2: Praetorius calls them that at the end. I was like, that sounds like a really funny band. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But they they earn their name.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they do.
0: (laughs) Okay, so what does this crazy cast get up to?
2: We start off with Sam Yates.
0: Racially profiling the room.
2: Racially profiling every single person in a fancy cafe
0: and complaining about his wife which
3: never came up again well
2: it's pretty much her fault that he's even in this situation and that anything bad has ever happened to him he's
3: (laughs) so harsh at his wife i don't know he hates his wife he hates
2: but he forgets about her by chapter two (laughs) yeah well they're going through a divorce i think
3: well they're like separated
0: why was it so why was it the opening line of the book
3: about how much he hates her, just hates her so much. Like, really, really crude language, too. It was, like, really, like, oh, my God. Like, that was immediately I hated him. Just the way he was introduced, I'm like, man, this can't be our hero, can it? (laughs) This has got to be a bad guy. Yeah. Uh, And, like, really racist right off off the bat. And I'm like, wait, is... The character racist, or is the author racist?
1: Well, Uh, (laughs) probably both. Yeah.
2: So, so then his waiter dies very dramatically. Horribly. His lungs turn to soup and come out.
3: Yeah, like an explosion of gore. It's very detailed as well. (laughs) There is a lot of stuff that's really detailed in this book.
2: So both Sam and Ella Bradley are witnesses to this horrible event and, um, trying to figure out what's going on. And I think Sam sees Rodney Beaton running out, tries to chase him down, but he gets away. And, um, then.
3: Yeah. Rodney Beaton then like runs away is profiling everyone as he goes, like, saying, like, oh, there's a group of Latin Americans, and, like, oh, there's some Arabs, and, like, as he runs, it's, like, every person is introduced by their race. A black (laughs) is another one.
2: I think that chapter also, I, because Ronnie Beaton is not American. I think he's British, so we get some, like, exotic racial slurs that I had to look up. (laughs) I, I didn't know what a log was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, the second chapter is from Rodney Beaton's perspective. Yeah, he does his running around, cataloging everyone's race while th- the virus or whatever that killed the waiter, that's virus, spreads throughout the moon base. And then he has to go out on the surface of the moon in a spacesuit. but there's a dead guy in one of the spacesuits, and that's too
3: horrible. And instead he just... Kills himself. I think it it was an accident. He panics and he pushes the wrong button after getting out of the spacesuit, and, <laughs> and and like and opens the outer door instead of the inner one. Yeah.
2: And ends up in the wrong side of an airlock.
3: Yeah.
0: It's just uh, sort of predicting the incompetence of our villains throughout this story. Yeah, the bumblers.
3: This, <laughs> this guy, yeah, he was a bumbler, and. I don't know why they didn't pick one of the many war criminals to be the guy who just (laughs) tells them, like, yep, it happened.
0: Yeah, because the other guy was also there.
3: Yeah. The guy who released the virus is there. He could have just said, yes, it worked. Yeah. Uh So I don't know what his part in the... But the, it was it's a very involved well, he, plot. He
2: was key to them solving the mystery.
3: Oh, yes, that's, that's true. true.
2: So, um,
3: <laughs> So if he wasn't there, <laughs> they wouldn't <laughs> have figured it out.
2: <laughs> well, the next chapter has basically Ella Bradley trying to use her brain and solve the mystery. Because she's supposed to be the smart one. But her chapter is her taking a really hot bath. And she gets into the water. And then she lowers her nipples to the surface of the water.
3: Erect nipples. Oh,
2: excuse me. Erect nipples.
3: I don't know how. It's hot water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh.
2: So then, then she lowers her nipples under the water. And then she pulls her nipples back up above the surface of the water. And then she puts them back in the water again.
3: <laughs> It's at least three mentions of, at least three times the word nipples is said it's in this chapter. too
0: many in one
3: paragraph. Yeah.
2: And it was just totally mixed into the rest of this chapter. So we get lines like, Ella Bradley was an anthropologist, a scientist, as she lowered her erect nipples under the surface <laughs> of the streaming water.
0: <laughs> so other than taking a bath... She also has unlocked the key that all the people on the moon who died of this virus were Arab.
2: And she she takes this information back to Sam Yates.
3: I don't know why she takes it to Sam Yates specifically. Maybe because he was there?
2: He was there. He's a moon cop.
3: Yeah, but why not just take it to some other moon cop, <laughs> not the entry division?
2: <laughs> uh, well... Yeah.
3: But I guess he was there. She knows his face. Well, no. One of them knew the other one's face and the other one forgot. Yeah. I think
2: he forgot her face because he just remembered her boobs.
3: Oh, right, <laughs> right. I never forget a boob. <laughs>
2: uh, so, yeah, she's like, hey, you know how like over 500 people just died in one day and they were all Arabs? think something's a little fishy here and he immediately is like oh great here we go a conspiracy nut
3: (laughs) yeah it's uh it's kind of incredible that she's the only one who noticed
0: and she only noticed because at least in the first half of the book i think her job was like racial (laughs) profiling. yeah (laughs) she just knows the race of She just counts, like, people's race or something.
2: Yeah, she's doing a study, so she has access to this information.
3: Do we know... Was was it ever mentioned how far in the future this is? No. I I don't think we got a year. Yeah, okay. Because I'm wondering, like how important race will be. But I just imagine she has, like, a guess-who sheet of a bunch of people's faces. <laughs> and then when,
0: like, at the dance, like, all the ones that died flipped over for her. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, what's the same about all these
1: people that I know have
0: died?
2: Oh my goodness. Um, So, then to find out whether she's right or not, they... They flip through photos. They
3: do a flip book of everyone Uh, that died.
2: Everyone that died.
3: There's a lot of a lot of talk about the technology in this on This moon base, like it's a, a hologram, like holographic
2: tanks, yeah,
3: Holo-tank. yeah, uh, yeah, the Which holographic flipbook. The way they describe them, it sounds
0: like it's a computer that takes up way too much, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to <their desk>. yeah, <laughs> like they're always like trying to fit their bodies behind it or like yeah. walk around it or something. Y-
2: you know, I did actually like some of the technology and we're like, things still don't work. Right. <laughs> like yeah. they're still trying to get Siri to do something. And she just like, okay, she, she didn't hear it. Right. Let me say that. Oh, again. Yeah, everything like,
0: has voice control, but it never works. <laughs>
2: um, okay. So flipping through hun- literally hundreds of photos of dead Arabs, oh they find Rodney beaten and Sam's like, ha, see, Here's one that's not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Only 499 died.
2: (laughs) And so that's what unlocks the mystery because they have to dig into his background. But it's not a very effective mystery thriller because this is all alternating with chapters where we know exactly what the bad guys are doing.
0: Chapter four is the chapter where we find out the evil plan. And this is almost 50 pages into a 260-page book. Right. Where it is a a club of super rich people who have developed a virus that only attacks people of a specific race. And their plan is to release it on Earth and kill all black people. And they just tested it on the moon.
3: But yeah, they wanted to see if they could kill all Arabs because that's a... I guess to throw them off the scent.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, this is how we get the name of the novel, because the virus has a one hundred percent kill ratio.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that mean like the virus
3: kills one hundred people and never dies? Like in no, no, no. Every 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 person that every person that the virus infects dies. That's what I was confused about because.
0: I, I immediately read this was like, oh, okay, it's like Star Trek, where <laughs> you can carry it and give it to, like, and it's not active in you, but you could give it to other people.
3: That you're talking about Utah of the Clan Trelesta? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know all
0: about Star Trek.
3: <laughs> there, this was already a Star Trek episode that was way
0: better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, specifically the part where Riker tries to seduce a thousand-year-old woman who traded in her ability to enjoy sex to live for a
3: thousand years.
1: That was
3: a good episode.
2: (laughs) It seems like this virus might not be the most effective because of this kill ratio and like as soon as I think it kind of goes away yeah and it's, it's
0: time it's by time it's not by like catching it just sort of spreads for a period of time
3: i was under the impression that they were pretending like oh we only want to kill this many people they said like see we can only we can decide how many people the virus will you know will will multiply and infect and it was like exactly 500 that was like a, a thing like but
2: well they were they I, were targeting only- like eight or nine people is what they thought they oh, were gonna do with yeah. the test. And it went way above and beyond that. I guess without a host, it the virus just dies out within like a day or two. Right. So it seems like it would kill a pocket of people really fast and then just die out.
0: Well I guess if you're developing a virus super weapon, you probably don't want it to be too effective.
2: But they did. They wanted a 100% kill ratio. (laughs) Well, I'm
0: just thinking, you know, if I was trying to kill a bunch of people with a virus, I would, like, want to make sure it goes away pretty soon, doesn't mutate or anything.
3: (laughs) I think different members of the club wanted different things. And whatever the big bad, he wanted to kill all black people. And so that was his...
0: Well, I think they all agreed that they wanted to kill all black people, and for some, re- <laughs> that was a funny way I said that. Uh-huh. Um, for some reason, the white, the Dutch Africans were key to this plan. They said multiple times that Carol Pretorius was key, and the Dutch Africans were key. But why?
2: Well, weren't they?
0: They were.
3: They were the the ones doing the. They the were wet developing
2: work. the virus, right?
0: Well. No, Sky Devin was. Kathleen Spencer wasn't Dutch-African, and neither but was... But
2: she was working for them, I thought.
0: But why couldn't they
3: hire someone no, to she's, make she's, she's the smartest. That, why couldn't they hire... Why that stuck-up horse.
2: <laughs> I don't know. They, who knows? They're cartoonish villains. Yeah. Their, their plan was so ridiculous... I, who knows?
3: Yeah, it's funny because everyone in this book is racist Like everyone, including the authors <laughs> But they're like, oh, well this is too much <laughs> The one thing that's too much is killing, is 100% genocide Like
0: in When I was first reading the book uh, I was noting how racist Sam Yates was And then they got to the chapter where they explained the plan And I wrote down in my notes It takes a racist to be a racist <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> the bad guys also reminded me of Lethal Weapon 2.
0: Yeah, it's because everyone hates white South Africans.
2: <laughs> well, yep. All right.
0: Well, they're a safe bad guy.
2: <laughs> yeah. So then Ella
0: Bradley, without consulting Sam Yates, has decided she's going to get to the bottom of this and sends a request for information to the place where Rodney Beaton worked, which happened to be the place where they were developing the virus. Yes. He didn't have, like, a false identity or anything. (laughs) He came in with his own passport. (laughs) (laughs) And the place where they were developing the virus was his place of work. And then she just sends a request for information to them the day after they've released the virus. So, of course, they're like... Oh, we got to kill
3: this person right now because we right. know what
2: it is. Yeah. Release the bumblers.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she she didn't know. We did, but she didn't. And, like, she has friends in high places. She's a very classy lady.
0: Yeah, but maybe have them do it. Or make the cops do it. Why did she do it personally?
2: Well, I guess she didn't think it would be so suspicious because it was like, you know, it's coming from, like, a, an academic researcher. <laughs>
0: So they send the bumblers to try to kidnap her. But luckily, Sam Yates and she had just agreed to go on a date. So Sam Yates is whistling his way
3: to meet her. In his best suit. Yeah. yeah. He's so excited. He's like, like, like he's got a spring in his step with his big bulging muscles. He's probably got like a bow tie yeah. with the polka dots on it.
1: Um.
0: And then they're in the middle of kidnapping her and he walks onto the scene. He doesn't know they're kidnapping her. He, they just won't let him into the alley.
3: They're like maintenance workers, like in real life. Uh, and so they they use their maintenance gear to say, oh no, there's a gas leak or whatever. But only for a
0: second. Yes. And then they pull out their guns. Yeah. And then he disarms and steals the gun and just starts killing.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one thing. One thing that I did like about that particular scene is how much of a fight she puts up like it's i i actually really liked that
2: well it was a little bit hilarious because she also has earth muscles oh right so they're all like these big tough guys but then yeah she kind of she's she has a pretty good chance against them just because they're all so weak they can Barely lift their arms. <laughs>
0: yeah, maybe they should have got some guys with earth muscles to do everything.
3: Yeah, they, not the they, bumblers. They, they <laughs> couldn't. They couldn't get get them there in time. She's gonna find out. Yeah, they do win, but there's four of them against one of her.
2: <laughs> um,
3: and they knock her out.
2: So uh, with, with drugs. <laughs> so these um the guns in this firefight, they're all special plasma discharge weapons. Mm-hmm. Very high tech. Shoot plasma. It's pretty is fun.
0: It, so I imagine it just like shot really hot air, something or is it like a that. laser or something.
3: It, I don't know. It's kind. Of, it's kind of like yeah. It's I imagine it's like fire, like really, really hot fire. Like
2: yeah.
0: But either way, they're so powerful. There's no way he wouldn't have killed Ella in the firefight, cause he punched multiple holes through.
3: The van. Right. Yes. And yeah. And uh, And
2: into like the crowd of civilians.
3: (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs)
0: There's a pretty funny part where in the book they're saying, a normal cop would be trained not to shoot when there are civilians, but Sam only had experience in Nicaragua fighting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So he didn't give a shit. (laughs) So he's just firing into crowds of people.
1: (laughs) Uh...
3: Yeah, lots of uh well, it was the writing was a little confusing, but yes. like you I wasn't there were a few points where I wasn't sure what was going on, which Absolutely. I guess I guess Sam Yates wasn't either, so that maybe that was by design. And they they love descriptions of the physics of it, Sam cuz there's a few near misses where like the plasma impacts near him and he gets burned and like it's like oh, his flesh seared and like it's
2: Yeah, um, I actually thought that having it be in, like, moon gravity with these plasma weapons was kind of a fun action scene. But I'm pretty sure whoever was writing this part, like, left a few things out. So all of a sudden it would be kind of confusing. Like, wait, what did I just miss? Mm -hmm. But uh, I never went back to figure it out. I had to keep going.
0: Yeah, I I was assuming the combat portions and the fighting would be the the best parts of the book, just looking at the cover and looking at other stuff these people have written.
2: I think they were the best parts, weren't they?
0: Yeah, but they still suck. <laughs> I expected them to be good.
3: <laughs> there were a few bits of this book that I liked, and I didn't. I didn't hate the fighting, but I it it was, was.
0: Yeah, I guess it's the best part.
3: It was, it was confusing. There are a lot of contradictions oh. as well, because there there's a point where. He is in so much pain, and then a few pages later, there still wasn't much pain, just enough to warn him that he was in trouble. <laughs> and it's like, wait, but why? Why is he? I mean, there, there were, there are a few things like that in the book, where it's like silly.
2: Maybe the co-authors didn't coordinate too well. Maybe. Who knows?
0: As I was reading, I had a lot of theories about who was writing what part, but
2: yeah. I was trying to figure that out.
0: But they weren't, there wasn't even a consistency of two authors. It's more like 15 or 16. (laughs) So after the firefight, Sam Yates is burned and messed up all over. I was just going to say it's funny because he's so injured, but he says he's the horniest he's been in his whole life. Yes.
2: He he remembers that he was hungry and horny. (laughs) Rico. I I know, just jump.
3: No, he wants my lap. <laughs> so
0: then he decides he's gonna have sex with Ella in this moment. And Ella's not
2: really he's kinda gross. Oh yeah. And being a little pushy. His left ear was blackened like a Cajun steak. <laughs> he's like leaving burnt residue all <laughs> over her skin couch.
1: Pieces. Yeah. yeah.
2: And, like, when they were leaving the scene of the firefight, he, like, I think they they both put their hand through a guy's face.
3: Oh, yeah, like, climbing over him and, like.
2: Like, their hand just goes in because there's no face. He gets, like, some residue of a man on him.
3: The hornest he's been in his whole life. Yeah. (laughs) Ella's not, though. (laughs) She's she's a little bit uh, upset
0: (laughs) after being kidnapped. After this, he's very concerned he's going to get in trouble, you know, for killing all those guys and for shooting into crowds of people. Uh And he tries to cover it up when he meets up with Yasilkov. But she knows. But then she aids him in covering it up for no reason. other than She wants to bone him. Yeah. And I just thought it was interesting, this dystopian future in which the police are held responsible for their actions. (laughs) (laughs) and, but it was just funny because the idea of him being afraid of getting in trouble I was like, why? <laughs> the, the idea of the police getting in trouble is so foreign. He's like, I can't understand
1: this. Yeah. It doesn't Basically. make any sense. Uh,
3: Man, what a what a what a utopia!
0: <laughs> they do some actual detective work where they cross-reference some things with the other people who were that Sam murdered, um, and found out found who another person was that was going to kidnap her that got away and who also happened to be at the restaurant when the virus was first released. I think they,
3: that was Piet Vanzel. Was yeah. That? Yeah. And
2: the Bumblers. Yeah.
3: So, <laughs> Pete and the and, Bumblers. And either Sleeks or Steeks. Uh, it, I, I saw both. Both both names for the other guy oh, who got away.
2: Yeah, I think the PDF is a... Uh...
3: That one, well, I saw another uh, typo in the book that's oh, the same boy. as this. <laughs> um, in the real book. There's, a, like, a typo in the names? Well,
0: um, so, let's see. Um. I, I saw a few typos in the book, but not very many compared to some of the books we've read. Yes. I guess they had the benefit of two people <laughs> looking at it.
2: <laughs> two people to not edit at all. Yeah.
0: Yeah. As opposed to one person and no editor. So they find this other Piet guy and go to his house. They go to his hideout. Yeah. And... Through a mishap with their guns, he is horribly burned and dying. And instead of getting him medical attention, they sort of interrogate him while he's dying.
3: Steaks. He shoots the wall and then he shoots it again and his gun backfires. And just the worst. And you know, like
2: classic bumbler move. Yeah. Pete Van zell's eyeballs melt out. Yeah, it's it, pretty gory. Yeah. But uh Ella's like, "Hey, we should um should call for help for this guy."
3: And Yates is like, "No, no, no. Calm down, calm down. Shh, Go over there." Shh.
0: But specifically because or at least Ella thinks is because they don't want to get caught killing people. Right. Which they don't. Which is the reason why they're killing this guy.
3: <laughs> yeah. He's a witness to Yates' <laughs> killing them. I don't understand why Yates was so worried. There was a reason that th- there was, but it's like, hey, these guys were trying to kidnap this lady, and then they shot at me with guns, and I shot back at them. That seems like a pretty, like, yep, that, you, that was just justified. of people. Okay, yeah, <laughs> you will...
2: The other thing was, I guess he didn't want to get caught up in red tape.
3: Oh, right. Yeah, he wanted to just kill people.
2: <laughs> he <laughs> wanted to do uh,
0: this yeah. his All, own way. Those
3: old days of war crimes, I miss those. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but this is the point where Ella decides she doesn't trust Yeskalov and Sam. Watching them do this
2: Because they torture. might do this Watch, to her yeah. to cover yeah. their tracks.
3: Watching them torture a guy to death. Because
0: she's a witness now. So she's worried that they're gonna do the same to her. But also, she decides to have sex with Sam.
3: No, the, it's oh my god! I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna read this bit because, uh, oh my god! The uh, the world went fuzzy around the edges, and its center was a diamond sharp core. Her body, its lips, its breasts, its crotch, and his every rough-hewn inch of him. All the differences between them, of class, of education, of avocation, vocation, style, and content, didn't add up to one single cogent objection strong enough to damn the feelings she felt. Not only did she meet the thrust of his hips with her own, but she fumbled with his clothing as desperately and boldly as he did hers. She's never felt this before. Passion. Never before. Never before has she felt passion. Uh, This is
0: also the emergence of
3: her whole
0: class thing. Yes. Up until now, she hasn't really... She didn't really like Sam because he's kind of like a dick. (laughs) Yeah. Same with Sonya, but it it didn't have anything to do with his status in society. It's just because he's a bad person. (laughs) But then this becomes a whole thing. Like, they're two different people. They're from different parts of the world. And I just thought she was a researcher and all of a sudden she's
3: some important bureaucrat. <laughs> How could she bring him to a fancy restaurant or a ball? <laughs> yeah, like this rough. <laughs> and,
2: and like why why are suddenly like cops not like presentable well, at a fancy dinner?
0: It's
3: Sam Yates.
2: Oh, well. Uh,
3: Sam Yates, he's he's so rugged. Well, Too at, rugged.
0: At first I thought this was just like to enhance the sex scene from her perspective like oh she's you know this like rough barely a man like lower class and she's a, a fancy woman or something i thought it was to enhance the sex scene but then it kept going after the sex scene right
3: yeah,
2: and that's why like they don't like each other later
3: <laughs> yeah she's got a she's got a boyfriend or friend or something
2: super friend
0: yeah
3: taylor McLeod. Does he work? No, he he's he's on earth most of the book. Right, so she decides this
0: is the time to call Taylor Macleod and get him involved
3: in it. Right. He's her friend in high places.
0: Yeah, which is it seems like the future equivalent to US CIA. Yeah, I like basically. Sam and Sonia did not want this to happen for some reason. They make Ella stay on the moon, because they don't like her either anymore. And they go to Devon to confront this Kathleen Spencer person who was Rodney Beaton's boss. But they didn't really have a plan yet. No. know why they were going there. <laughs> they were just going to go there, probably kill a bunch of people, right. and see which one has the answers. But they are immediately spotted by De Kuiper, and he follows Sam and Sonia, captures them, and immediately starts torturing their genitals. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the torture scene is horrifying. Oh, absolutely.
2: Okay. It is, but it was so much more dumb because it was from the point of view of the torturer where he's like, hmm, I have an interesting idea. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like, you shouldn't be in the head of the torturer ever. No! As soon as it switched to Sam's point of view, it was much more horrifying than it was when it was just.
3: He's talking horrifying. about, like, how, like, uh, I won't get that much pleasure out of this, but I'll get a little bit.
1: <laughs> and it's like.
3: I guess it was supposed to be sinister or something, but it
0: just came off as goofy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Ella for some reason decides it's suspicious that Sam hasn't called her in a while. I uh, well, didn't understand the time frame
3: here. Yeah. How long it took? Well, yeah. it I imagine I imagine if he's torturing them it probably takes a little time. So, I mean, he's like just like tasing their genitals, so it's like I mean, that's you just do that a few times, and I'll tell you whatever you want. I mean,
0: yeah. <laughs> but the chapter is an unbroken perspective from De-, De Kuiper, where he spots them on the plane, follows them on the plane ride, then uses cameras to
3: follow them where they go. I kind of liked that scene. It was yeah, it wasn't bad. It was kind of it was kind of funny that they still have buttons. Like he he inserts his microchip or whatever and now the buttons are macros that he could just push and like they're they're just but it's just like a a numeric keypad uh but i i still liked it i still enjoyed that scene but he spots them gets on the plane follows them captures them and
0: tortures them all in the span that were in his head and he doesn't like go to sleep or take a bathroom break or anything
2: yeah it's all like same day it seemed like yeah so
0: either the plane ride was multiple days But my point is, at most, an hour has passed over the the length of the trip.
2: Yeah, and so somehow Ella is immediately like, hmm, something's wrong. But she shouldn't have realized there was a problem.
0: Also, there aren't cell phones. Payphones. You have to wait in a round the block line yeah. to get in, and then you have to make a collect call to a different
3: place. Yeah, that was. There were some really funny technology things in this, and also there was like a a a moment where it was where it was talking about the Soviets, and like because Yasilkov is Russian, and like there are a lot of things like that where it was like it's clearly written in 1987. <laughs> yeah.
2: But then Ella has time to realize something is wrong, get onto their moon plane, and track down Kathleen Spencer before the bad guy is done cutting up their genitals. Yeah,
0: so either he's cutting their genitals for so long. (laughs) Or
2: or, she's just really fast.
0: Yeah, but she also has help from her powerful friends.
2: Helps her smuggle a stunner through So she finds
0: Kathleen Spencer presumably tortures her for the information as to where Sam is and then rescues them. So, they have another firefight with DeCoyper. It's very exciting.
2: Yeah, he's a pretty scary bad guy. <laughs>
0: Because they shoot him with these stunners and he doesn't get stunned by them. Right, yeah.
2: And they go through his spine and his legs are paralyzed, but he still has the plasma gun. (laughs) He's
0: still fighting. Yeah. Then the book kind of is over a little bit because it stops doing things in real time. All these, there's a bunch of time gaps now. Yeselkov, Yeskolov goes back to Kathleen Spencer to finish the job, which I'm assuming means kill. And then she does kill her. No, 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 no. Uh, Pretorius is there, the ultimate bad guy, just happens to be there. And then she kills him right no. after he kills Kathleen Spencer.
2: Yeah, Pretorius kills Kathleen Spencer and a, a lab guy. And then Yasilkov and some other guy witness it. And she's like, okay, see, he killed a guy. It's okay to kill him now. And she shoots him.
0: And you would think it would be over because they've just killed anyone who could tell them what was going on. But luckily, in his breast pocket, he wrote down on a piece of paper his evil plan, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and all the,
3: well, and some of the names of the people yeah. who are in on it.
2: Oh my goodness! And then, then later, she's like, "Hmm, it was suspicious that that guy didn't do more to stop me from killing him." <laughs> and then never followed up be... with that even. Yeah, they just suspect him of something. Because he didn't do enough to stop her from murdering that guy.
0: So now they have the piece of paper that tells them the plan, which we already know. And all of the bad guys have decided to have a party to celebrate their success. Because they don't know that Sam Yates and Yesko have killed everyone else involved in the plan. <laughs> How did <do> they <laughs> not know that? Um, and they decide to have it at the place where they first released the virus.
2: Oh, there was a part where they're like, oh, we haven't heard from this guy. That means it's it's gone. They should- okay,
0: if the plan is a go, don't call me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they probably should have had it the other way around. Yeah, uh,
0: maybe, maybe. Code word? <laughs> They just happen to decide they all need to meet and have dinner in this place. They figure it out, and then they just murder all the people in the restaurant. With
3: with the, with the that necklace. Yeah, with the necklace virus.
0: Just to, you know, show them. Except one guy didn't show up, but then they just
3: killed him later. Yeah, they <laughs> just go and kill him.
2: It was like, <laughs> they could have set this up like he gets away. Then there's a sequel in the Kill Ratio series because they have to find the last bad guy. Or like he could have gotten them back in some way and had a second tense moment. But they just go to his house and leave a bomb and then walk out and blow him up. (laughs) The Um, end.
0: The actual end is so baffling where there's a final epilogue chapter where Ella meets Sam and Yeskalov to tell them that she's marrying Taylor friend in high places and they keep having all these meaningful glances at each other but doesn't tell you what they mean and you're like what does this mean why is she getting married to this guy what does this have to do with anything and then the book just ends with you couldn't get much higher than the moon
2: uh well yep (laughs) Mm. So, do you have any additional thoughts? I have
0: so many thoughts about this book, and I'll try to not talk for hours. (laughs) But I thought they had their setup, where they watched that episode of Star Trek or uh, whatever. This was before that episode (laughs) of Star Trek. (laughs) They had their idea. Uh David Drake probably wrote like half an outline or something, because they aren't able to to make all the pieces come together. When I was reading it and they had all the chapters from the different characters, I was thinking, oh, how are they going to make all these things, all these different complicated pieces of this puzzle come together? And then <laughs> they just put them, they just like force them <laughs> into the puzzle. Where, so the only reason the book concludes is because DeCoupier happened to be in the airport and see Ella. Yeah. And then follow them and torture them. Right. Then, it's a good thing
3: that happened.
0: Yeah, it's a good thing they got tortured because otherwise they wouldn't be in the right place for Pretorius to decide to go to Skydevin to kill Kathleen Spencer. Yep. And he
3: there was no reason for him to be there. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. There's no reason for him to leave Earth. Yeah. Th- why did he need to kill uh, Spencer? <laughs> well, um, and, did she decide she didn't want no? N- none of it. It didn't matter. She could. She could have just kept living, and it would have been fine. From his point of view.
0: Yeah, and especially because Dekuyper was the person who met with Kathleen Spencer. Yeah, and then he just happened to have the list of other people in his pocket that told them the other people. They didn't even have to talk to him. He didn't have a final scene. <laughs>
3: They just, yeah, they just kill him and like, oh,
0: look at this. Here's the script. <laughs> yeah. And, and then all the bad guys decide to meet up.
3: Like, in yeah. in the, yeah, let's meet up at Sam Yates' place. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there was like a moment where they said, oh, we don't have all the names. There could be more people. But all the people did go to the dinner meeting, uh-huh. so it was fine. And then one of them decided not to go to, and they just killed him later. I don't know. Yeah, there's Why no re- like, happened? I
3: guess he. there was no reason for any of that, like...
0: So when I say the book is sloppy, I just mean they didn't know what to do.
2: Yeah. They
0: just started writing and then like, oh, oh, put it here, and finish it.
3: <laughs> yeah, okay, I remember a little bit about how they wanted to be off of Earth when the plan went down because they didn't want to... You know, like, oh, and there's a there's a handy UN meeting happening on the moon at this time, so we'll have the plan happen at this time. And but they they had heard no words, so that means the plan is go. So <laughs> And they didn't have to meet together.
1: Yeah.
2: Also, I realized that Yasilkov, she's the one that like saves the necklace with the virus in it. And she's like, oh, it's the one that Dekuyper was talking about. But she was unconscious when he said that.
0: (laughs) When he did his expository thing?
2: Yeah, she was still unconscious. He hadn't shocked her genitals awake yet. And... Like I and Sam like was getting repeatedly like unconscious and re and not remembering where he was. So it's not like he would have remembered that bit of information yeah, and told like I'd it back. Probably to her. Be focused
0: on my dick getting cut up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably the main thing oh I remember. Oh my
2: gosh! There was that part where he's running away in, you know their thrilling <laughs> escape, and yeah. he's like really worried about his ding dong. <laughs> <laughs> Like getting hit with that plasma gun. Oh, no. The worst place to get hit with a plasma gun. He's like running. It's flapping in the wind. (laughs) Uh, Um,
0: So the other part that I thought was really sloppy was what is the deal with Taylor McCloud and the US CIA people? Are they good guys? Are they bad guys?
3: I I was like certain that Taylor McCloud was in on it based on like it was like obviously it
0: seemed like they were setting it up for ella to be
3: betrayed by taylor but no
0: he was one of the club members just a just a just a nice guy (laughs) but also not only were they not in on it but sam yates and yesilkov didn't even suspect him of being on it no so i thought they were killing all these people because they were worried the higher ups were in on it and would, like, figure them out and kill them. Like, oh, we can't report this because someone's a mole upstairs. But they were actually just worried about getting in trouble or losing their jobs.
2: Right. Yeah, I mean, the, like, shadowy cabal of people that they murder at the end. Like, we're not totally clear on what their motivation for this plan was. Well,
3: they hate black people. Well, that,
2: that was, like... The Praetorius and and Pete and the Bumblers that was clearly their motivation, but it seemed like the plan above them had some other more shadowy motivation. Yeah, that-
3: it seemed like well, it's it seemed like the club, the you know the the whatever the thirteen I think it was thirteen people, thirteen really rich people. They wanted something different from what the Afrikaners.
2: yeah but we don't know what and so it was kind of ambiguous where there's this like taylor mcleod or his group could have they could have known about it
0: yeah and it's compounded by that really cryptic end chapter where talking about how he's marrying ella bradley so then the dumbest thing about this book is why is it even a sci-fi book it's just a James Bond story. There's a James Bond villain <laughs> who's made a virus to kill a certain people. And Sam Yates is hunky James Bond who has to stop him by killing everyone.
2: But it takes place on the moon. It takes place. And that means you get moon gravity gunfights. Yeah, but yeah. they
0: didn't really do anything with that. So there's no reason for the UN to be on the moon. They don't explore any of the new technology. They just, it's just there, like... There's no technology they need to use to solve the problem, and the problem isn't hinged on any technology other than this virus existing. Yeah, And they don't even explore the implications of a virus that targets a race. They just say it's there and it's going to happen. They don't like, oh, what does that mean for genetics? What does that mean for transfer of uh, disease and stuff? They don't explore any of that. It's just a MacGuff. Like, it could have been a bomb. Right. Or just a nuclear bomb. (laughs) Or uh, or something. They don't go into the politics of why it's the Dutch white Africans or why these other people want to do anything. So it's not like a changed political situation in the future. Um, right. Yeah.
3: It's all just the same. And uh, there there is a a chapter where the narrator is talking about how great America is. <laughs>
0: uh, it's just. The guns are bigger and the cars are faster.
3: But
2: imagine if this book didn't take place on the moon; it would be so much worse. So, well, some people like that though. And to me, <sighs> just putting the making the
0: setting sci-fi doesn't give me those sci-fi feelings. They gotta yes. do something with it.
2: Yes. Even if it's like the smallest thing, they couldn't even give you that.
0: Yeah. But it does predict the existence of fruity-flavored vapes.
2: Yeah, so. it's, like, it's like plug-in cigar. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well done, David Drake.
0: Okay, well, we have this giant note called writing. Oh my and god. And how poorly <laughs> written this book is. Uh. <laughs> So the whole thing has this rhythm to it that is really uncomfortable until you get used to it. There are these very short matter-of-fact sentences and then really long sentences that are... They don't need to be that laborious or informational uh-huh. And they're usually one after the other. So I, it's like a, like a start-stop <laughs> kind of thing.
2: A lot of the really long sentences are also just so awkward. They so, don't flow well.
0: Here's here's an example. These sentences are right next to each other at the top of the page. The shaft smelled musty.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good sentence. I like
1: that one. (laughs) Go on.
3: Period.
0: (laughs) The suit room wore a muted reek composed of excretions from utility crewmen who had worked in the stored space suits over the years then compounded by minute arcs in the suit's mechanisms and charging equipment.
2: Wow.
3: AKA musty. Right. Just <laughs> explain the sentence in more detail. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of a lot of those like I mean where he's just like explaining why something is happening, not just Sam Yates got burned by the plasma, he just goes into great detail about how. And a lot of these long parts are just,
0: he explains how telephones work on this thing, or the time delay. That's why it's gotta be sci-fi. Yeah, and the problem is none of these matter to the story or affect the plot. No. The author just stops to tell you about a sci-fi thing, interrupting themselves. And it just breaks up the otherwise pretty curt writing style.
2: Also, the analogies... (laughs)
0: Uh, yeah. I feel like all these authors are just competing with each other to see what kind of analogies they can sneak <laughs> into their books.
2: Oh my God. In the past, I've brought up analogies that are really bad or like don't paint a picture or don't make sense. And these ones weren't necessarily bad because they paint a picture, they tell you what's <laughs> going on. But they you just were, mean they're
0: accurate.
2: They were just so over the top, usually unnecessary. Guess we have a few examples oh, yeah.
3: of those. I, I would like to hear all of these examples. <laughs> Here's mine.
0: Eyes more brown than blue and skin pale enough for the breasts of a fat
3: woman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that, that,
3: that's a note that I made. I was like hmm I might want to revisit this sentence
2: <laughs> So this was one of the uh, the bumblers talking about hangovers and the veins that throbbed when he returned to consciousness mimicked the rage he felt when he first saw camera footage of the massacre in which his family died.
0: <laughs> well, that's just like a guy that won't stop bringing up this one thing. God,
3: why would you ever shut up about your dead family?
2: <laughs> <sighs> and uh, one of the characters just noticing some blood. There was no mistaking the color. If you had ever seen the faceplate of a pressure suit whose wearer had begun to scream when a joint ruptured his atmosphere into the vacuum. <laughs> like, yeah, I know what red looks like.
0: If you've ever seen one of those signs that you have to stop at on the road.
2: <laughs> um, okay, and uh, I think... I think this is Praetorius talking about the space TSA. He could probably enter the building with an unnoticed charge of explosive carried up his anus. (laughs) But its lead as I detonator would show up on the screen.
0: Okay, no need to brag about (laughs) your your anus dilation abilities.
2: Okay, and uh, (laughs) one of the best... Supervisor Yates was in here with her leaning against that door, his left side singed, his clothes ruined, looking like some New York bag lady after a sex change. <laughs> oh my
3: god. That's the best line well, of the book.
0: That's probably the moment where we were all, I imagine <laughs> uh, like a telephone cut in a movie where each, like, I'm sitting in the couch reading, Mimi has her Kindle and Nick is reading on his phone and then we all go, whoa!
1: <laughs> At the same time. <laughs>
2: I think this is probably the one line that I had to like. Okay, hold on,
3: go back. <laughs> Let's reread this. Re-
2: reread, because I'm like, why is it? <laughs> why is it important to this comparison that there's a sex change? Because
0: they'd like, be a New York bag man. Yeah.
2: <laughs> why didn't he just say hobo? <laughs> okay well the next one Beaton had seen nothing comparable except for the time he had opened the chest cavity of a living pigeon
3: <laughs> <laughs> why why was why <laughs> why did he do that <laughs> he's a bad guy that's oh right why. oh right and uh my one of my favorites other than the New York Bag Lady was nobody had been shooting from the corridor the sight and sound of the weapon would have scattered those people like bits of dynamited tomato
1: <laughs> like
3: the, uh, he doesn't mean like they would have exploded they just would have run away
1: <laughs>
3: that's like like, like the, the plasma weapons would have scared them, and they would have run away the same way they would have scattered, as, as if they were bits of dynamite and tomato. Like, why is that the image that comes to your mind? Like, do you dynamite tomatoes regularly? Uh. This is something I wrote. There are a lot of things where like the writing is like the tall man said, you oh, know.
2: Okay. Well, throughout the entire book right. Yates is the security man.
3: <laughs> this is the one that was like that stood out to me. The soldier who at the moment worked in entry division of UN Headquarters Security <laughs> and then it goes on to, you know, say what he does. But it's just you, That's Sam Yates. Yeah, you By could <laughs> you could just say Sam Yates.
2: Security man. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of description about Kathy that just kind of came out of nowhere because it's towards the end of the book. The authors didn't like Kathy. No one liked Kathy. In the middle of a sentence, she's just the 50-ish horse-faced lady doctor. (laughs) (laughs) And later, that prune-faced spinster whose female parts were probably the dark lair of spiders.
1: (laughs) 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 Yeah. It's
3: ridiculous. I kind of mentioned this earlier, but, like, each chapter, it's from, from the perspective of one person, but the, there are a few points where the point of view just shifts, and it's really, like, jarring. You're from... What's Kathy, from her perspective, Yasilkov is coming in to, you know, interview her about, you know, whatever. And you're in Yasilkov's head about how, you know, what she's got in her briefcase. And I think it's because they wanted to talk about what was in her briefcase, because that's really cool technology. And, but in, in my head, I'm still in Kathy's, like, how does she know this? And it's like, oh, I see, we're just...
2: We're with Yusilkov now. Yeah.
3: And then we, then we switched back after. In the second chapter, there were info dumps inside
0: Rodney Beaton's head where he was sitting there thinking to himself, explaining how the suits work on the moon that were really mm. strange because it was definitely not his tone of voice. Where it's just an info dump, but then it's like, he fought. And then it's <laughs> just an yeah. info dump about how the moon works. Yes. So I think you could construe this book as not racist, but about race. Except that all the characters are white.
2: Uh, what about Arjanian? What? <laughs> 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 w- wasn't there like a cop who is also a bad cop that betrayed them? Right. So
0: when I say characters, I mean, you know, oh, people there's a chapter. Right, about, right, right. Because there is one black person who serves uh, Pretorius tea that he's so disgusted by. And she has a line.
2: And, like, the security guard who protects Ella when they make her stay home. and Yes. Oh, oh. the <laughs> And Yates' sexy Pakistani assistant that he's really annoyed about that now he has a man assistant because she and her, her husband died in this virus. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, yeah.
3: The club also had some non-white... <laughs> Yeah, the the club of people who want to kill all black people. There was a Saudi Arabian guy and I think a couple of Asian people. So
0: I think that gives us a view into the authors being racist, that they didn't think to include an important character that may be affected by this or involved in this. It's all beautiful white people who are doing things.
3: Yes. Yasilkov didn't have to be white. Ella Bradley didn't have to be white. Yates, none of them had to be white. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, they did all do war crimes, and that's kind of a white people thing.
0: <laughs> I also wanted to mention, do you guys remember the scene with Ella's nipples in the bath? <laughs> which, which one? <laughs> <laughs> so there's a part where Ella explains how showers work on the moon, and it's really annoying. And she explains that the showers suck on the moon where you have a bag full of water and you put it up on the thing and then the bag explodes and sprays you (laughs) with the water. But she's rich so she can have a fancy bath where she fills it up with hot water and then dips her nipples in it a bunch.
3: (laughs) Just in and out with the nipples.
0: (laughs) the authors forgot their own info dump. Because near the end of the book, Sam Yates and Yeslikov are going to go have sex in a shower. He's like, oh, I can't wait to see water streaming off your body. We're going to have a nice hot shower and have sex in it. But (sighs) they forgot that showers on the moon are just a bag of water that explodes on you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, hold on, though. There was another scene with Ella's nipples that I almost forgot about. Oh, okay. Do you remember in the sex scene, Yates tries to lick her boobs, but she's wearing a bra. So he just licks the bra because he can't see it.
1: That's
0: Yeslokov.
2: Oh, right, right, right.
0: She has an invisible bra. She also wears shirts that are, are only attached by like magnets so she can sweep her hand and open them. <laughs> which I thought was pretty cool. Uh,
3: Man, that's so convenient. <laughs>
2: Seeing that this book was a thriller, I thought it was going to be a little bit more of a mystery story. And with the two authors, I kind of imagined it would be kind of like this other book that I read because I have an aunt who used to send me a bargain bin audiobook every year. That was like really clearly co-authored where every other chapter was, there was two main characters and each chapter had a really clear voice where half the chapters were the hard-boiled detective man and then there was an actual character. And um, this wasn't like that at all (laughs) because we got the Sam Yates hard-boiled security man chapter.
0: Who literally looked like a hard-boiled
2: egg. (laughs) (laughs) But then the rest of the book sounds exactly the same. Mm -hmm. So I guess it makes sense that it was just one outline with Janet filling it in.
0: Or half an outline. I just noticed a thing, because I'm also reading Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, which is a really good book. Yeah. In this book, they call pieces of paper hard copy. In Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, they call pieces of paper poop sheets. (laughs)
3: So who do you guys think this book is for?
2: Uh,
3: People who say I'm not racist, my best friend is black. <laughs> oh no.
1: <laughs>
3: That's not a real answer. I don't know I don't who know, it's that for. Was, yeah. that, was a,
2: that
3: was a fine that answer. That was a I good think.
2: answer. I don't know. I think I think this book is for fans of David Drake or Janet Morris, which I think there are a lot of. He's
3: popular enough to have books, many books at used bookstores.
2: And I think there's people that seek these out. I I don't know who they are.
0: This has gotta be one of the lower tier ones though. Cause it's not even military sci-fi. It's no Tank way- Lord's has gotta be <laughs>
2: yeah it's no hammer slammers (laughs) but if you read all the hammer slammers and Uh, you're
0: just craving more
2: yeah (laughs) i wouldn't recommend this to anyone that's for sure
3: like i said there were a few bits tiny gems where i was like this is actually i kind of like this little description like data flashed on the flat screen visible but not readable from the angle at which yates sat that painted a good picture for me. I understood what was going on. And like that was like that was like the highlight of the book for me. <laughs> I know what's happening. <laughs> it switches from competent writing like that, which for me it was competent, and straight to like just awful again.
2: <laughs> well, Sean, who do you think this book is for?
0: I think If your highest-rated movie on IMDb is Lethal Weapon 2, (laughs) this book is for you. This book isn't as good as Lethal Weapon 2, but if that's the best movie, this is a pretty good book. Yeah. Okay. That's it for Kill Ratio. If you'd like to join us next month, we're reading...
1: No, hold on.
3: Heart
0: Clock by Dick Moore.
3: There Heart Clock by Moore. Dick. <laughs> it's
2: our It's our Valentine special. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i <laughs>